Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. We got a banger this week, buddy. It's uh, Yeah, it, 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 without it's further banger. ado, we're... Yeah, uh, we're, we're in it. Bank. We're, we're, Are we in? Oh, we're in. Is it in? Is it in? Um, oh, man. We've no. really, we've really gone to like after dark to start these episodes the last two weeks, man. I, I just, it is, it is, it's something we need to get under control and we will. I, I don't you know. know. Folks, we'll, we'll, we promise we'll, will we'll we? get things under control. Right. Well, I think as long as we've got the explicit thing listed, yeah. we're fine. <laughs> at least that's what we're going to tell them anyway. We'll, we'll yeah, get it under okay. control here. <laughs> at least we'll, we'll 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 make you think we do. So this uh, week, but we're gonna we're gonna start with uh, actually it's because I did have a conversation with uh, I, I was lucky I actually had we had a family thing this weekend and we had our first we did a draft we did a hockey pool for with our family the first ever it's called the Rooster Cup. Uh, Manok Mike, my my uncle Mike, who mm-hmm. we interviewed in the in our first season, uh, his nickname is Rooster because uh, the last name the family name is Ruess. So I don't know if you know any French or not, but. To the listeners, obviously, Mike, you do. But anyways, Rooster was his nickname, so we named it the Rooster Cup. And while Joel and I were talking, because I was wearing all my Oilers stuff, and he said, all right, for now, I'm going to brag, and he was wearing his Vancouver stuff. So it's kind of apropos that you decided, Mike decided that, we're not decided, but he asked if it's all right if we can do Vancouver Canucks this week, and I think it's a great call because, quite frankly, I I didn't expect them to be this good because i i see what's happening right now as being uh sustainable i i don't mm-hmm. see them necessarily cracking from what they're doing right now yeah am i wrong no i i, I really don't i mean i'm gonna go over some numbers here with you in, in a little bit um but I, i'm 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 very impressed I, i'm mm-hmm. quite impressed with with the coaching staff I, i'm not going to touch on that too too much i know you want to hit on that a little bit um, I'll hit that, but, man. but, but I'll tell you what though, this coaching staff and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of keep a little bit of extra praise on Rick Tockett. Um, uh, he, he, he's got this machine humming again, man. He does he, for sure. And, and, and what makes it more, uh, impressive for me is the defensive side of things for this team. Um, yeah. I, you know yeah, what? That's a big one. Let me let me just rifle off a little bit here. Go for it. I, yeah, get I'll in there. You, get in the numbers. And then I'll let you get into uh, that coaching staff thing. Um, yeah. So look, we're looking at the Vancouver Canucks. A record of five two and one for eleven points. They're at a six eighty eight win uh, points percentage. Thirty one goals for nineteen goals against for a twelve goal differential. That's there good for second place in the Pacific Division and fifth overall in the league. Mark. Overall, man. Wow. There's a lot of things when we're kind of getting these writings ready where you know. Every week, there's always seems to be something, whether it's just a, a kind of a, uh, a stat or, or, or a certain player doing well. In this case, that really hit me like a ton of bricks. Fifth overall in the league for the Vancouver Canucks. With the way things have gone the past couple of years, and we know that things got toxic there at, at one point, uh, just before talking in the game. Yeah. Brought in. Um, but I'll tell you what, like, again, I, I reiterate, they got things humming along right now. They're ranked fifth offensively, which, which when you look at the, the roster, it's not overly surprising that, you know, they could be that high offensively. They're at 3.88 goals for per games played. Um, it's not really a surprise, especially with the uh, the cast out there in Vancouver. What did get me was the sixth rank defensively. 2.38 yeah. goals against per games played. Their power play is ranked seventh, again, 
I'm not really surprised. It got a lot of weapons out there. Uh, yeah. Ranked 23rd on the PK. I, that was a bit shocking only because of all the other numbers that I was looking at in regards to that defensive uh, um, uh, game that they've got going on. Uh, so that was a little bit surprising. I, I could see that, you know, totally getting up to, you know, the top half of the league, if not kind of pushing up top 12, top 10-ish kind of deal, especially mm -hmm. with the way he's got them playing defensively. But, I mean, the big thing for me it, is Rick Tockett. I mean, he's got that team outworking everybody. And, and, and that, to me, like, listen, yes, you got to have the, the, the right uh, offensive players and the right defensive players to, to have these systems work for you. But one thing, no matter what type of team you have, you could have, you know, the bottom feeder that, that, that was the Arizona Coyotes for a number of years. Um, you know, as long as you're getting the effort and if you're outworking your opponent, that, that rate there is going to get you wins. Will it get you many? Hard to say, hard to quantify that part. But you're still you're going to keep yourself in games here when you're outworking the opponent. And boy, oh boy, yeah. I've watched a couple of game. I've watched a couple of Vancouver Canucks games. Marty, I don't want to put them in the New Jersey Devils category. Ooh, careful now. But but what I will say is this: we talked to Neil uh, Villapiano earlier on this mm -hmm. year from uh, mm -hmm. Devil State of Mind podcast. And he really Shout gave out. us some good insight on the on the uh, on the Devils. And one thing yeah. we, we did mention during that program was, you feel like the Jersey Devils are on you all over the ice. It's like right. wh whether you're in the offensive zone, whether you're in your own defense, you, you're just you're being. Uh, I bugged was the word I was going to use, but it's not not really the right. They're just all over you, and I get that. I get you know what they're buzzing. I yeah. get that sense with Vancouver too, and and the two games I've watched two uh, games of theirs, the full game, and both times I really got that feeling, and it really made me think of the Devils. And again, going back to that out, out, that outworking your opponent, he has got those guys on on point right now. Speaking of being on point, I love the way he's challenging his top players. What's that? Oh. Elias Elias Lindholm or Elias Pettersson? JT Miller, you guys are two of my best players. You're playing power play and penalty kill, boys. Get on it. Oh, I, nice. I really? Love, eh? I love the way he's got. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Pedersen and Miller are both on that same unit, uh, penalty killing unit. And I'll tell you what, the anticipation from those guys is really yeah. doing some damage on that PK. If I'm not there mistaken, I think they have two shorthanded goals this year. And I'll t hey, listen, I mean, again, He's just got those guys humming, and, and it's all over the ice. It feels like it's PK, it, it, power play, no matter what. And then on top of all of it, you've got Demko's playing phenomenal right now. Three and two. Yes. Record's, records three and two. So, yeah, you're like, okay, three and two record, Mike. Like, what about four and oh or five? Okay, get you. But he's sitting there with a 1.91 GAA and a 936 save percentage. And to boot, Jesus. They, they bring in Casey DeSmith. They make a, a small little trade with Montreal. They send Tanner Pierce into Montreal. Montreal's looking for another forward anyway. They ship over Casey DeSmith. And look, maybe the peripheral numbers aren't so great. Uh, 3.07 goal, goals against average with a 9.15 save percentage, which is fine for me. Yeah. He's 2-0-1. Two, he's, he's lost in overtime. And I've got it written down here. He's... 
he had a bad outing against the Rangers, four goals against on 24 shots, 933 yeah. save percentage. But his other two games, against Edmonton, 925 save percentage, and against Florida, 944. 944. So, yeah. so you're getting some very, very serviceable production out of yeah. your backup netminder. Your starter is doing exactly what he should, knocking on the t- top 10, top 5. For sure. In the league. Exactly, yep. what you, exactly what you want. And look, I mean... We talked a little bit about uh, Pedersen and Miller. They're having great starts to the year. Pedersen, 2-11 for 13 points. He's a plus 6. Miller, 4 goals, 8 assists for 12 points. He's a plus 8. Besser, 6 goals already out of 8 games. 3 assists for 9 points. He's a plus 8. You got Quinn Hughes on the back end. He's scoring you a point a game. 3 goals, 5 assists for 8 points in 8 games. Plus 10. And Ronick. Like, yeah. Listen, they they made that trade last year, and and, and you know, even uh, even your brother, huge Canucks fan, um, yeah, wasn't exactly thrilled about that move. And listen, yeah, felt empty. I, I, and listen, I'm not saying that this guy's the next, uh, you, you know, Kale McCarr, but <laughs> seven the guy's assists, play, right? The guy's playing great hockey. Zero goals, seven assists. It uh, works. Seven points in eight games, and a plus nine. So and he's shooting the puck too. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, if you go and look at plus minus, and I know, folks, uh, there's a lot of people who will drop plus minus like a sack of hot potatoes. I get it. <laughs> but you can still garner some sort of information from that. And it is littered right now with Vancouver Canucks. And again, yeah, it goes true. back to just the way he has them playing right now. And the last thing I want to mention is that pairing of Hughes and Ronick. Yeah. You could, you could, you can make an argument that this. So far this year, in this early season, 10 games in, you could argue that they are one of the best tandems in the league right now. And here's another little, just another little tidbit stat for you before I um, shoot it over to Marty. Everybody on the Vancouver Canucks, save for Noah Juleson and Pius Suter, everybody else is a plus player. Everyone on that roster. Wow. So That's accountability. That's nice. Again, Again, it's going back to Rick Tockett is holding this team accountable. Okay. He's saying, okay, Patterson, Miller, Besser, Patterson and Miller in particular, because he does have them playing both PK and power play. Right. He's basically saying, okay, you guys are the big dogs. Well, guess what? You're yeah. going to be my big dogs. And it's not, we're not, you're not getting time off on the pen. Like, no. And it has worked wonders, man. I, I just, the Vancouver Canucks are playing some excellent, excellent hockey right now. If you guys want to see a team playing a nice structured game, tune into the Vancouver Canucks right now because, man, they, Marty said it earlier, they are buzzing. They're humming along right now. Yeah, and actually, it's funny. As you're talking here, I'm looking at a lot of stuff from Vancouver right now. And the shorthanded points, for because you're right, they've got uh, two goals. And uh, I think it was five shorthanded. No, it's more than that, sorry. It's got to be more than that. Vancouver, two, eight games played. Okay, so I don't know how many necessarily, how many penalties were called against them, but regardless, they've got two. And guess who's got two points, two shorthanded points? Pedersen and Miller. So obviously it's working. Uh, and they're, you know, average time on ice, 20-39 for Pedersen and 21-21 for Miller. Again, obviously it's working. 
So because those two players outside of Hughes and Ronick, who are above or north of 24, those are their two biggest players right now. Um, so you kind of like to see that, actually. The two uh, two defensemen, obviously the two best defensemen. And that's another one, too, right? 15 points in 16 games for those two guys. Yeah, probably two of the better defensemen in the league right now. Um, and what's actually <laughs> what's very po- positive is that Quinn Hughes already has three goals. <laughs> Uh, as you know, or as most of us know, he just doesn't score that many goals. I think it took him, I think he was well, I want to say he was close to 40 games last year before he got his first goal, but he was assist mania. Like he just kept getting all the points. But now it's kind of like, uh, you flipped it. Philip now has uh, no goals, but seven assists in eight games. So again, this team seems to be rounding out really well. And this brings me to my topic, obviously coaching. Now, Let's be. I'm gonna. I have to be transparent. I have to be honest. When Rick Tockett took over the position, I was not necessarily enamored by the idea. I didn't think to myself. First of all, I didn't like the timing. I thought the timing of it was actually kind of shitty for Boudreaux. I am a a fan of Bruce Boudreaux, uh, and I thought that Boudreaux could have actually probably done a little bit more with this team had he been given the whole season. I don't know that he would have got him in the playoffs. Probably, probably not. Um, but the team was, you know, happy to play for him. So it wasn't so much that, but the system obviously wasn't working. So the management just felt they needed a change. So obviously bringing in Tockett at the time, it is what it is. Um, but I definitely did not pump its tires. Uh, I did not suggest one way or another that it was going to be a positive move. I felt that it was kind of a, a wasted move. It didn't really necessarily need to happen when it did happen. Um, so now fast forward to this year uh, and I'm eating crow and I'm happy to because what's obvious is that Tockett has uh, his, his stamp on this team. He must have done a lot of off-season stuff where he brought brought in the group and really convinced them of their motto. Now, whatever that is, uh, whatever their image is now, whatever Tockett told them that this is what we're going to do, they've all bought into it, and it's working. Um, but I think, for me personally, one of the nicest things that he's done or one of the, the more positive reasons why this team has really turned it around is Adam Foote as assistant coach, Sergey Gonchar as def- defensive development coach, and then the Sedin twins as uh, player development, along with Mikhail Samuelson and Mike Komisarek as well. Those player coaches, um, not that far removed, save for Adam Foote maybe, but not that far removed from their own careers. They're obvious. I, I would assume there was an interview involved in here. I know the Sedins were always lingering around the Canucks, so maybe they, you know, this was always, obviously was always in the wing, but... I don't know. Were the Sedins always bred to be better coaches than players? I don't know because what I'm seeing right now, obviously great players, but what I'm seeing the instant results of them coming on board as a part of the coaching staff, fucking impressive because this team has got a lot of great young players. So player development was kind of a big deal for that. Um, And then the other attribute to this, obviously their defense is doing very well. Sergey Gonchar, Adam Foote. Two of the best defensemen to play in their time. Both of them have Stanley Cup rings. Both of them have tons of points to back it up. Both of them have played with great superstars. They've been involved in these types of teams that Vancouver, not suggesting Vancouver is necessarily there, but you're looking at some big names in Elias Pedersen, in um, JT Miller, uh, Brock Boser, and uh, you've got also Andre Kuzmenko, um, who put up some great numbers last year, who maybe right now hasn't you know exploded out of the gates like he did last year but six points in eight games isn't terrible he's still looking good though he's still looking absolutely can still easily get to that point a game mark um but then you've got another kid um Ilya Mikhailov who 
He wasn't there last year, right? Or no, he was there last year, but for like 17 injured. games. He's yeah, injured. He was there injured. you go. Came over Not from Toronto. Season. From Toronto, that's right, yeah. So, so honestly, so much untapped potential. Um, it appears that there's something that's been figured out over there. Obviously, playing on the uh, top line, even strength, will, uh, will always help your numbers. Playing with some talented people like Kuzmenko and Pedersen, very, very good. But... I think it has, again, a lot more to do with your player development coaches really understanding what these kids needed and combining that with other aspects that needed serious attention. Rick Tockett really really gave this team a nice bubble of knowledge for hockey players, and these guys are just soaking it in. It's a really, really nice, in my opinion so far, it's a really nice combination of a little bit of everything that you need on a hockey team to be successful. And... The coup de grace, of course, I don't, I should have looked this one up. I didn't check it, but Thatcher Demko figuring it out really helps. Obviously having a goalie, um, yeah. you know, flirting with being one of the top five in the league, if not top three, if he keeps going like this, that's always going to be a benefit. That's always a, a boost to your team, knowing that you can just rely on him. But a lot of that also has to do with defensive stuff that they were probably fixed with uh, Sergey Goncher and Adam Foote. So it all comes together. It all comes back to Rick Tockett. So, you know, hats off to you, Mr. Tockett. Uh, you really proved me wrong. Um, happy to be wrong. Good hockey in Vancouver is a good thing. And it feels like it's been a while <laughs> since we've seen it. Sorry, Joel. It's been it's a little true. bit. Been a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but welcome back. It's nice. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't see this team necessarily you know coming down off of this high I, I see this as being who they are now so you know good job rick talking again and the whole coaching staff well and you know what just to, to kind of hit on one of your points here marty and it can't it, it, it can't be overlooked like you said adam foot sergey gonchar up win winners up winners huge. so to me that 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 becomes huge in that room because marty if you're not going to if if as players okay if you and i are sitting in that room we're we're players for eight nine ten years now if you're not going to listen to a cup winner who yeah. in god's name are you going to freaking listen to yeah so for <laughs> me that that that's an immeasurable uh, um um intangible for me uh yeah having those guys in the room it it just and, and and you touched on the Sedins too, and you know what? There's a lot of this uh, skills development going on now in the league, yeah. and so on and so forth. And you see guys like this who are either retired or you're, you're st actually you're seeing it a lot too with an say an older player on a team taking a younger player under his wing and, and right. you know, maybe going over over faceoffs or something like that. So yeah, I, I, again, it, it it's that thing where if the Sedins are sitting there and and they're going over. Um, a set playoff of a face-off, you better fucking open up your ears, man. Yeah, like, these seriously. are Hall of Fame players. Like, I, I get they, you know, they always had that kind of the twins thing going on. They knew where each other was. But, but still, like, you, you, have, to, you have to take uh, in all of that information. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's invaluable as a player to, to have those guys on the ice with you, kind of like right there showing you what you need to do. You have you have to be all over that. They're, obvious, what they're offering you is information that's tried, tested, oh. and true. You've got to take it uh, and start it applying it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's I nice, mean, and it, it, again, it's really good for Vancouver. Uh, you know, good for Jouet. Um, But it's just, I think overall, we knew this team was good. Uh, if you look at them, you look at this team, and you're like, "Hey, this is a solid team up and down." What's the problem? Apparently, it was coaching. 
And they addressed that big time. Uh, the players, all the, the coaching staff I mentioned, they were not there last year. Some of them were last year. The, I think the, um, the video review guy was there. The goalie coach was there. And someone else I, I checked in on. But aside from that, this is a brand new coaching staff. So that's another impressive thing, by the way. This is a new coaching staff starting out from, from the ground up. And this team has bought into it. So good for them, man. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is, and I just a little shout out here because this is a guy that was like AHL, like waivers up and down. Phil DiGiuseppe. He's sitting on the second line right now with Miller and Brock Besser. And listen, the numbers aren't, don't don't think you're going to get like 10, 15 points. Two goals, two assists. He's got nine shots on the year, seven blocks, four points, uh, power play points. In 1519 time on ice. And I'm mentioning him because this is a guy, like, he's been through the trenches, right? Yeah. And and you, you love seeing a guy like this get a little bit, uh, he's not really getting accolades, but second line with those two players, yeah. he's definitely taking advantage of it. And I just kind of wanted to point that out. He's the type of guy you may even, you may want to think about streaming him every once in a while. Maybe Vancouver has four games that week. He's that type of guy you can kind of get in there. You know what I mean? So, although don't I just sleep on him otherwise, that, because he, no, this is his I best wouldn't. season ever. He's got, he's actually, this is currently his best season. He's on his way to breaking his own records. Now, that's not saying a lot, right? His best season was 17 points when he first broke into the league with uh, Carolina in 15 16. However, that was at a 0.41 points per game pace. He's currently at a 50. So if he ends the season somewhere between 40 and 50 points, that's a great season for him. But again, points to the coach and the system yep. and shows what they can do with just about anybody on their teams. That's phenomenal. And the, and the kid's running with and the kid's running with it too, right, Marty? I mean, you got guys like an Anthony Bovillier, former first-round yeah. pick. You got Connor, Connor Garland on the, yes. uh, on the third line there too. So, you know, he could easily slip down to third and fourth, but he, he's getting the job done. Uh, and, yeah. and again, I, like I say, I've watched a couple of Vancouver games from start to finish, and he has been noticeable. So just a little shout-out to a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't get talked about hardly at Well, he does, I think it's the first time we talk about him on our show. So maybe, there you yeah. go. Love the name. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just said. So there you go. Sorry. So there, there you are. The uh, the Vancouver Canucks things are humming along nicely, Keep and another going. team, another team that we have that's got things working out pretty good here to start the year. Yeah. Um, I, 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 before I even mention them, I will say this. I think I'm a little higher on the Vancouver Canucks than I am on this team. I'm not saying that they can't yeah. do a little bit of damage. No, you're right. But. You know, we're talking about starts of the year and we're talking about the Detroit Red Wings. It's yeah. been a good start. And you talked about eating crow a little bit, Marty. I, I probably should preface this by saying I might be eating a little bit of crow myself. And the reason I say that is with some of the moves that they made in the offseason, in obviously in particular, Stevie Y, I was putting the Iser plan on hold. Yes. Hardcore. Yes. So... And, 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 and if I'm being honest, I'm not off of that. I'm not, I'm not coming down from that hill yet. Not but entirely. You gotta, but you gotta give them credit where credit's due. They have a, f- a five, three and one record, 11 points, six, 11 uh, points percentage. They have 36 goals for, and as of me writing this over the weekend, they were the most offensive team in the league in the way of goals scored, actual goals scored goals for. Uh, they have 28 against. That's that's a uh, plus eight goal differential. It's good for second in the Atlantic. 
sixth overall in the league. So we're talking about a couple of teams here. We're really busting in the top 10. Yeah. Um, ranked, ranked third offensively with the way things have been going on offense with this team. That's not really surprising whatsoever. <laughs> ranked sixth, a 16th defensively at 3.11 uh, goals against per games played. The, the power play is humming right now, man. Clicking, third yeah. ranked power play, 34.3%. They're eleven. They're ranked eleventh on the PK at eighty-two point nine, which is actually quite uh, anything eighty and above. There is not too too bad. There's some really high numbers right now, obviously with the small sample size so far this year. Um, but I mean, look in the off season, they brought in native son Alex DeBrinket. That's gone extremely well so far. Nine Very well. Four assists for thirteen points, plus five. Uh, obviously, seems to have ignited the Wings' offense bringing uh, Captain Dylan Larkin along with him, uh, who's got four goals, 11 assists for 15 points and a plus four. Um, listen, they're getting some great play from uh, Shane Gothespear on the back end. He's got nine yeah. points on the year so far. Uh, two power play goals to boot, which is pretty important in our league as defensemen get two points for a goal. Um, Mo Sider, he's out there doing Mo Sider things. Yeah. One goal, seven assists for eight points. He's a minus four. Try not to read too, too much into that, guys, because he is getting the tougher assignments. He is playing 22-26 a, a night, so he's their, their big horse, if you will. So he's he's getting yeah. all the hard matchups. Um, listen, they're getting some great secondary scoring from guys like Valino and Daniel Sprong, uh, free agent signing over the offseason. We kind of sang his praises a little yep. bit uh, over the course of the summer, kind of coming into the training camp. That was a really solid move for them, and it's paid off in, uh, yep. greatly for them. Uh, two goals, four assists, six points, plus five. And he's and he's barely playing 13 and a half minutes a night. So, I mean, Daniel Sprong getting it done with the time that he's got. Bellino's got six points on the year, too. He's a plus three. And listen, again, probably, well, eating pros so far, I'll say it that way. You guys know how I feel about the whole James Reimer thing. Not a fan. Uh, you know, uh, there's some personal things in regards to his... Uh, not wanting to wear the uh, the pride jersey and all this thing, and you know my brother is is a gay man, and I'm a little bit sensitive to that. So he's not my he's not my favorite guy, but me neither. When it comes to fantasy, <laughs> numbers are numbers. Kid is due. He's two and yeah. one with a one point six eight GAA and a nine thirty a nine thirty nine save percentage. Sorry, that is ridiculous in regards to backup play. Uh, he's <laughs> been he's been great thus far. Kind of spelling. Uh, Huso a little bit, who's still trying to work out a few kinks. Yeah, he's three, two, and one, so he's got a decent record. Peripheral numbers are a little bit left, you know, left to be desired. Three point three three GAA, eight ninety four save percentage, so he's mm -hmm. sub nine hundred. But again, small sample size. I'm pretty sure Huso is going to get that uh, to some more normal levels that we're accustomed to. But I just, you know what, Stevie Weiss got him playing some pretty good hockey. Um, I, I still. Still not sure about like a, a Sherratt and, and and Wall on defense. Um, you know, yeah. Reimer was never the, the biggest proponent of that move. But listen, as it stands right now, I got to give the team they're, they're just desserts and they're doing well. They're playing well. Um, you know, obviously that that uh, Debrinket and Larkin combo right now is just deadly. Yes. Uh, on the power play, it's even deadlier. Uh, listen. It, it, it's it's a very 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 competitive Atlantic Division, um, and it seems like it might get even tighter, especially with the way the Habs are playing right now. Yeah, You've got the Red Wings who are turning things around. 
um, like, you know, this could, this could be a quite a tough division, um, you know, to, to get yourself out of. Um, but having said all of that, the wings have stuck their nose in there. Um, you know, they're in a, they're in a good spot right now, still in a retool as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know if they've yep. fully turned that corner. I think there's still a little no. bit of work to be done before they turn the corner, but, um, listen, they're playing well and, uh, what more can you say? Well, the funny thing is, too, is as you're talking, I'm looking at the stands again, right? The Atlantic Division, um, you know, Boston, Toronto, Montreal, Detroit, Tampa, Florida, Ottawa, Buffalo. So Boston, obviously doing Boston things. Toronto, doing Toronto things, too. But Montreal, turning it around. Detroit, playing very well. Tampa struggled a little bit at first, but they've turned things around. Um, they're now back on uh, north of uh, 500. Uh, Florida, turning it around. Ottawa, They've won their last game, we'll say that, uh, and they're kind of up and down. And Buffalo also, you know, kind of turning things around as well. So, but, you know, both those teams could easily just, you know, take over, <clears throat> excuse me, all of a sudden take over. They've got the, the rosters for it. So that entire division, uh, that is a very difficult division to be in. We often talk about the Metropolitan Division, but if things can start clicking for the rest of those teams in the Atlantic Division, you're looking at eight teams who could do some, make some noise in there. So they're just going to be eating each other up in that division. But what I, so we'll, we'll refocus here for a second on Detroit because that's who we want to talk about. And yeah, obviously, I believe in the top line to bring Cat Larkin and Raymond. And I can appreciate the secondary scoring um, from Valeno and Sprong, as you mentioned. But to me, this is more about scheduling luck uh, than what this team is actually made of. Like all their wins came against teams that were struggling or teams that they should have beaten. First of all, uh, their first win came against Tampa Bay when they had just found out that they were that they weren't going to have their uh, starting goalie in Vasilevsky. So working out the kinks, it was very possible in that game. So Tampa Bay was just struggling on their own. And like I said, they've only recently kind of turned things around. Uh, next up, Pittsburgh, who was losing against everyone at the start of the season. So they appeared to me, I figured things out now, but again, at the time, they they were a, not an easy beat, but they kind of were also. Um, and then right after that, Ottawa, another team struggling early on. Calgary, ditto. And now they're on a three-game losing streak against Seattle, who are struggling out of the gate themselves. Winnipeg, who appeared to be beatable, and but kind of up and down as well. And then Boston, who honestly, I can't figure out <laughs> what this team's all about anymore. How is Boston 7-0-1 and they lost to Anaheim in overtime? This I just, I don't understand Boston. None of this shit makes any fucking sense to me, but you know, good for Boston. So fine, one game out of there that you lost that kind of makes sense but the rest of them you can kind of understand why Detroit came out with a pretty good record but again they've lost three in a row so to me that's kind of the team right that's that's who Detroit is quick bursts of wins against teams that they should win and then some losses against teams that they should probably beat and then a, an obvious loss against a team they shouldn't because if you want to play with the big guns you've got to beat the big guns and I don't see them being able to do that anytime soon. I just don't. Like, as good as they are, they're not that deep. Um, that secondary scoring that we're talking about, that's on the third line. What's going on with Perron, Comfort, and Comp? And Comfort, you sorry, what was Comfort's uh, contract again? Is it five years? Five years at 5.1, I think. That's fucking embarrassing, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I didn't like, like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's why we've got the Iser plan sort of sitting on the shelf where we're like, I don't know. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking maybe I take it down. But for now, it's going to stay where it is. So that's what I mean. Like, again, even Perot. Like, Perot is a nice piece that you bring in when you've got all your young guns set. And I don't think they have that set yet now either. So 
while it looked like Eisenman was really putting a nice rebuild together, the last two years, he really seems to be, it's almost like he's frantically looking to sign people because he has to. So I'm not. It's almost like he's. It's almost like they're. Tr- he's trying to push them uh, over that hump, right? You know what I mean? Like from that rebuild, yeah. retool to start contending. Like yeah, and, to start contending exactly. And, yeah, and that, and it kind of felt that way when he's bringing in guys like Sherrod and and uh, uh, Justin Hall and and a guy like Reimer. Like I just I felt like he was trying to push it over that hump, and I'm just not sure if they're ready to completely turn that corner yet. Um, I, and I really piece. doubt it. Great, sure, there's some great pieces, but my biggest concern in in the direction they're going right now, because I, so when when they went out and they got Vilhuso, they signed him to a three year contract. This is his second of third. He's about to go into his last season next year. I don't see this team being any closer than they were when they signed him. I think the concept mm. of giving him that three years was like, all right, let's see what you got, and hopefully you'll prove your worth, and then in three years we'll give you a longer contract. Well, I don't think they're going to right now. I don't think they see anything that they want to, unless they get forced, unless they feel like they're forced into signing him long term, which still wouldn't be the right call because there's obviously something that's not completely clicking for Huso in Detroit. So what happens then next year? Sorry, not necessarily next year, but the year after that, where you know Huso is not their goalie of the future. So what do they do then? Where at that point they've maybe gotten a couple of other pieces. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe they don't. I'm not really sure what Eisman's trying to do. Um, so again, as you can tell, I'm a little bit confused as to what they're trying to do. I think most people are. I'm hoping Eisman has something up his sleeve or a couple things up his sleeve so that there's a direction and it'll become a little bit more obvious either midway through this season or possibly next. Because I just don't... It's a good start. I do like their top line. Those three players are phenomenal. Absolutely great. But that's not enough to build off of. The rest of the team is really kind of uh, lackluster. There's a lot to le- that leaves to be desired there. I don't know if you can completely hang your hat on, on the what's going on. On the side in particular. Outside of Mosider, what do you got going? I, I'm not sure there either, right? Like, not so too much. I feel like there's too many holes in Detroit to actually say, wow, I see where they're going and, and this looks good. I think there's too many. So you're kind of left going let's see what happens. <laughs> and I think that's as good as it gets for Detroit right now. You're just sort of like, oh, well, all right, we've started strong. Let's see what happens. You, you, you have to, you know, you're talking about a rebuild. Well, you got to keep building that game. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand you're in a tough division and I get it, but you, you got to make it happen. And don't get me wrong. It's been a great start to the year. Yep. Um, I, I do feel that at some point this team does kind of, I'm, when I, I'm not going to say fall off the map, but I do see them falling down the standings a little bit here over yeah. the course of the year. And as, as we, as we continue to, you know, get past uh, American Thanksgiving, Christmas and so on and so forth. Um, I, I do see them falling out a little bit, but that being said, th- this obviously is, is a big year for that organization, you know, re- regardless of what the, uh, end result is going to be this year. You've got some young pieces there again. And like you said, Marty, you're playing in some of these great teams, right? Your Boston's and uh, you know, your Tampa Bay's and Toronto. And this is New Jersey. They division. lost to New Jersey too. Like, and I, I mean, rightfully so you should lose to New Jersey because you're not like, that good, <laughs> but you have to learn. You, you have to learn. Yes. Like New Jersey, New Jersey was there, you know, Tampa Bay That's was right. there at one point. The Leafs That's were right. there. So it, it, it's, 
it's a it's a vitally important year again like i say regardless of what the end result is because you it's not you're talking about a rebuild it's a rebuild in every facet of your organization there the yeah. players are, are are building up to something um you know obviously stanley cup is the end, end game here but these kids do need to learn and a guy like you know a guy like larkin is gonna kind of shepherd that in a little bit right like he's been listen lark larkin's been there in the leanest of times so he i'm sure he's thrilled to see what's going on here and he's gonna keep working at, at, at this group getting better and better but uh i'll tell you what to start the year both of these teams vancouver and detroit have come out of the gates kind of hot yep banking banking some points at the beginning of the year uh, listen, if either one of these teams have any kind of playoffs aspirations, this is the type of star that, that you needed, knowing yeah. knowing the type of teams that you're going to be competing against here over the good course point. of an 82-game season. So, yeah. uh, right. hey, listen, Vancouver, good on you. Love sure. seeing it. It's great great to have them back. Detroit, you know, these are two important markets too, right? Like, you want mm. these teams to be doing well. So, I mean, for sure. Detroit. Original six and West Coast, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Detroit, we, we know for, you know, quarter century these guys were – we're in the playoffs doing damage. Oh so my God. It's good to yeah. see these teams kind of building back up again here, regardless of where they are in the cycle. It's good to see them kind of on the upswing in both cases, if you will. So that's right. Um, there you go. There is our around the boards for episode eight. And we're going to get to check my fanny in one second. But first oh, and wait, foremost, hmm. we're going to take a commercial break and hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because there are early Black Friday sales going on right now. You've heard him talk about Raycon's products before. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like the Everyday Earbud, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro usb and type c devices eight times faster with 100 watt power delivery their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals it's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is well you know actually clean raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. it's no wonder the products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews to get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Check my fanny, because we're back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it? It's in the back. My fanny's in the back, so we're back. Uh, is it? Jeez. Uh, uh, we did Man, that on purpose. That's, comes that's why we... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It was a big, so it, big week. Big week. It was a lot of... Um, you know what I found interesting about this week, too, is that... <laughs> 
I was happy that I wasn't the only team that lost, but more than that, <laughs> um, obviously <laughs> there's going to be more than just me that loses, but more than that, it was just, it was, it really, cause we were talking about it on our little chat, little, uh, little group chat. chat. Yeah, there is there. This is going to be, it's going to be a very interesting year. We've had a lot of really, the last three seasons, we've had very close years. This is going to be another one. But this is going to be in a different way because I think, like, you know, so uh, Pond Hogs, Jason won his week again. So he's undefeated, but he's the only undefeated team. One of the most interesting things that happened, and Joel brought it up. Good job, Joel, bring it up. It was his team. <laughs> um, Joel has the most points for, most goals for in the league. And last week, he was playing against the team that had the least goals for uh, against Tom's team, the Demons. It was a worst uh, and first, worst and first situation, basically in every category. And uh, Joel got his uh, his fanny handed to him, <laughs> fifty two <laughs> to thirty seven. Thank you very much, Tom. Well done. Um, which you know helped really balance things out, uh, make things tighter, that kind of thing. Uh, because you know yours truly, uh, Dragons also lost thirty nine forty eight to the Cougars, and then I also lost forty two forty six to uh, to Scott. So the standings for now uh, look as such uh, in the Gretzky division. It's Pond Hogs undefeated, Royals two and one, Brigands one and two, and Bucks zero and three. Also another big surprise there because they do they have a great team. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're not scoring right now. It they're, it's taking a little bit longer to roll. One of the main Reasons for that is a he is his team does rely on uh, the, the the Buffalo dynamic duo of one Tage Thompson and Alex Suck, who have decided to not play for the first uh, ten games. They just said, "Nah, I'm not in the mood." Um, <laughs> just gonna take ten gamer off here. So that's having a big effect uh, on uh, the Buccaneers. But then you go into the Howe Division and Apocalypse right there, two and one, Cougars two and one, Dragons fall to one and two, who are now tied with the Demons at one and two goals for the so like i said apocalypse 146 and then the worst is the buccaneers with 92 so there's a difference there of 50 54 points but beyond that and actually the demons are right around there too with 46 but then beyond that it's just within 30 points i know that sounds like that could sound like a lot but it really isn't that much um in our league it's not much in our league 30 points is not that much and that again suggests to me we're gonna have another one of these years where you're gonna have like look at the middle of the pack every like there's one two three there's three of us at one and two there's two of us or three of us at two and one like that's that's all within one game and again you know pawn hogs aren't running away with it but they have a very nice lead at three and oh um so everyone's playing catch up right now to to the pawn hogs the royals i think the only reason they're two and one i think some of their players some of his players were just a little bit slow out of the gate I don't think there's anything concerned. Tristan Jerry decided, hey, I am a good goalie. And now, you know, he just got a shutout uh, on Sunday or Saturday. I forget which one it was. So he's decided to Saturday. turn things around. It was Saturday. So anyways, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a long season because we're all going to be chewing away at each other. I don't know that we're going to get much more of it. Like I know Podhogs currently are sitting on a three-game winning streak. I think last year we saw someone with a, like uh, Scott had, I want to say it was a 10-game winning streak. Was it not? Something like Something that? Something like that. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, 9-10. I don't think we see that this year. I, I think it's just I, I don't think so tight. either. The parody is ridiculous. It's, like, it's just, I mean, I, again, Marty said it off the top. I mean, you know, the, the, the big surprise this week is last place team, you know, 
beats the first place team and even your brother mentioned it you know handedly as well like yeah. i think it was a double digit uh win if i'm not mistaken so it anybody and the same thing yeah, even in my game in my game this week i mean 10 yeah oh, the nine, cougars sorry, the cougars are just a wild card that, like, yeah <laughs> total to, totally totally a team and and for that matter i mean look at the demons they go off for over 50 points yeah. 50 like lowest scoring team in the league pops out of 50 50 spot on the, on the top team in the league so i don't know how you could get better parity than what we've got going on right now at this moment in the, in the league and it's really really fun to see there you know what for the longest time you could say maybe oh i i you know this week i sh- i can kind of take off i should beat this guy pretty handedly that's done that's done yeah, it's that's over done. You can look at your schedule all you want and try and figure out where your soft spots are. There are none. I'm telling you yeah. right now. I don't care who you are. Pawn hogs right down to the box. You can Fuck. you can look any week over 26, 27 weeks of our entire season. There is no soft spots. There's no softies whatsoever. It it, it it's our league is set up that way now. Yeah. Uh, you know, defenseman scoring certainly comes into play and helps out uh, helps that out a little bit as well. Um, it's just it's really really interesting to see on a week-to-week basis and you just never know where where it's going you never just, do i mean just to mention that I'm, tom the guy who who uh, was going into it with the least amount of points uh, on his bench also had 18 points to give an example tom, uh, joel who had the most points who has the most points in the season sorry and got beat this week only had 10 but this is on the back of Luka ne- uh, Lukanen having a shutout in basically two wins, so seven points last week. Uh, Logan Thompson, four points as well. Uh, as, you know, uh, Addison having two assists. Uh, Beniers uh, having two assists. Like, Tom's team, as young and as much as they're rebuilding... They're dangerous. They're very it's dangerous. dangerous. It, it's wild cards across the board with this team. It's so difficult to call what is really going to happen. Like, we all kind of maybe... Unres- like a little bit of disrespect towards Tom and and you know Tom no I none, no disrespect intended but maybe we should have looked at your team a little bit closer because as you do go up and down through this lineup um you know you got your Adam Fantilli's your uh Lafreniere Lafreniere uh, McTavish Nietzsche's Norris Raymond Thomas Toffoli Bouchard uh Dobson even sometimes does pretty good <laughs> I know I keep shitting and on guy, him too. And, and 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 Dobson's having a great year that's another guy who's having a great year yeah. maybe not as uh you know maybe wasn't as sought after in uh in all of these drafts should have been the September beginning of October but I'll tell yeah. you what he's playing great for the Islanders right now I mean you know what in in, in a nutshell Marty last week it is gonna be a microcosm of how this season could go yeah like just again I reiterate Check whatever week you want, week 14, week 22, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter what week you're looking at. You're not going to have an easy game, no. period. It's yeah, not happening. It. I no. mean, the Bucks at 0-3. I mean, yeah. this is a team that's got uh, Matthews, Marner, Alex Tuck, oh, Tage Thompson. He's oh got Allmark and Nets. He's got Ottinger. And Kyru. Like, there, there are pieces there, and he's 0-3. Yeah. Like, he could go yeah. off for, for, for the next six weeks, for the next two months, and Easily. end up 8-3. and three. Like, yep. it's just... It's just the way it could go, and it makes the league so interesting that way. Yeah. I mean, and on top of it all, we don't have – we are, again, we are not a daily fantasy league. So we pick our players at the begin, end of September, beginning of October, and we're stuck with these guys unless we trade somebody until mid-January. So it's like you're it, – it forces trades. If you want to – you know, if I fall 
another three or four weeks in a row and sit at what one and six time to, time to start making some tough decisions yeah so it makes things interesting in, in a hurry depending on how your team kind of plays here out of the gate but it, the, again the parody is ridiculous in our league right now and last week was just a, a, a snippet of what this this uh, this year could be for uh, the CFHL for sure well are we gonna break into the beauties and the beasts now oh we're doing it all right we are so doing it uh, Who's going actually, first this week? I'm going to say you because uh, I want to see you pronounce this guy. <laughs> Matthew Poitra. Poitra. Oh, you don't pronounce the yes. Oh, okay. Poitra. Poitra. Now, listen, the thing about this guy, and everybody calm down here as I give this explanation. Okay, he's 19 years old, the kid. I'm not saying that you are getting the second coming of Patrice Bergeron. Oh, easy. But what I but what I but what I am saying is I when Bergeron came into the league, came in as a 19 year old as well, and you were just kind of waiting for this guy to fall off. Like you and I'm talking Bergeron here. And of course we know exactly how that played out for the better part of two decades. A little bit. Super leader, awesome face off. And I'm I'm just getting a little bit of that sense of young guy like he's a second round pick last year in 2022 in 2020 so he's like one year one year off this like at 19 years this guy should still be playing junior yeah and here and and here he is on a boston team who by the way no bergeron no Krejci. everybody thought the kind of the, the kind of thought the sky was falling a little bit <laughs> Taylor Hall goes to Chicago. You know, Jake DeBrusque, what's going on there? Like, you had a great year last year, but before yeah. that, you, you were you were wanting to be traded, so on and so forth. I, I'm just, I'm getting a really good feeling about this player. And he's, he, he's, certainly, he's certainly making me look good. Eight games played, three goals, two assists, five points. He's a plus five in 14, just under 15 minutes of ice time. Um, he's centering the second line at even strength, and he's on the Bruins' second power play unit as well, centering that unit too. Uh, the coaching staff is slowly increasing his ice time to over 16 minutes, three out of the last four games. Again, his kid's doing it at 19 years old. And the thing that I really want to touch upon here with with Quattra, and and Marty Marty knows how much this is going to sicken me to <laughs> say, as a Habs fan, okay. We can't stand Boston Bruins or anything (laughs) to do Boston Bruins. Certainly want to give them praise. But you have no, no. (laughs) I have to, though, in this case. I I just have to. I know. As as, as the the fan of an opposing team, it just burns me to say it. But you got to give this organization its rightful due. You can go from hometown discounts to the whole nine, whatever. They have built a culture in Boston that, let's call it what it is, is probably not rivaled in the NHL right now. And what I mean by that, guys, is a player like Matthew Poitra can come into that situation and succeed. And he's insulated. Like, you still have guys like Pasternak, Marchand, DeBrusque has been around for these these winning years. Yeah. McAvoy, Lindholm on the back end, those two goaltenders. Like 
Cam Neely up up in the in the box. You got yeah. Montgomery in there now. Like they there is a standard that you have to hit with that organization. And, and if and if if you're not going to play by quote unquote their rules, no problem. But you will be on the outside looking in. Like I I just I I have to I have to give them their their just due. You have to love the way that organization runs their business. Yeah. And you can sit there and say, yeah, but they cheap their players. They don't give them, you know, okay. But the player has a decision to make too. He could either stay or go. Yeah. He could go, and he could, he could go after the money. But why would you not want to stay with an organization? And Marty, look, when, when was the last like losing dip for this organization? Oof. 15 years ago? Jeez, like I'm not, good, and that's I, a good question. And listen, if you go, if you go over it, I'm sure there's probably a year where they missed the playoffs. But I'm talking like overall body of work here. Like we're talking about a solid decade, if not a dozen years here, where it's just been win, 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 win with this organization. So anyway, without getting too deep in the Boston the whole nine yards, Matthew Putra, <laughs> you are my first star of the week. Second star, Jonas Johansson, goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Now, I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure a lot of fantasy managers, panicking a little bit when they got the news about Vasilevsky, and I'm sure everybody saw it on the socials. They were like, "Oh, here, here's the downfall of of the Lightning, and what are they going to do?" And so, well, after seven games played, the kid is four one and two with a two point five six goals against average and a nine twenty five save percentage with two shutouts. And by the way, those two shutouts, if I'm not mistaken, were back to back. So Jesus. suffice it to say, he's treading water for this team. He's more than treading water for this team, as a matter of fact. He's doing quite well. I mean, they got three games this week, so it's definitely somebody that you might want to look into. And it's actually quite a favorable schedule as well. They got Seattle at home, and then they've got Columbus and Ottawa away. So three very winnable games. I mean, again, the back-to-back shutouts last week, that's only helping his confidence, right? Like this, yeah. W- w- it's not just the the shutout. It's the fact that mentally, this guy's not that he didn't know he could play in the league as it was, but I mean he's doing some damage. I mean he's a great streaming option right now in daily fantasy. I mean if you're kind of an in and out now, somebody may have grabbed him and, and has been holding on to him because Vasilevsky's out till the end of what November, beginning of December. So yeah. they may be hanging on to him. But if he's kind of in, he and was out, on the ice recently though. He was warming up yeah, on the ice yeah, uh, two, yeah. days, two days ago. Like, fuck. You're right. I mean, it's a case where if this guy's still in and out of your free agent list, you know, th- this might be a week that you might want to pick him up here. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe there's any back-to-back games there either. I think there's I don't like think so. day on, day off, day on, day off type of deal. Perfect. All this to say, I mean, you couldn't ask, you couldn't ask for more out of this player right now especially with the situation and, and Vasilevsky, your all-star goalie being out, he has given you everything that you need and more. And you, you just couldn't ask for anything more. He's had a great start to the season. Jonas Johansson, you are my second beauty of the week. Good point. Good pick. Third beauty, we're going with another goaltender, Joseph Fall out in Toronto. And boy, the drama never ends out there. Ain't <laughs> it never friggin' ends. So this yeah. guy comes in. Spells Samson off in that Tampa Bay game where they actually come back and win the game. Yeah. 
So his numbers look as such. Four games played, he's 3-1 with a 1.33 goals against average and a 961 save percentage. They do have three games this week. Uh, Toronto's at home to Alley and Buffalo, and then they got Boston away. Listen, for the time being, the kids grabbed the net. I mean, yep. the, 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 numbers, the numbers speak as such. Um, you know, he's, he's had some great performances so far this year. Uh, his career stats, um, he's only played 15 games. But he's 12-3 at 2.11 goals against average and a 934 save percentage. And the reason I'm mentioning that is, yes, it is a small sample size. But in the three years that he's played hockey for the Leafs, it's been a winning record, winning record, winning record. And in particular, the second and third year, he's had great peripheral numbers in goals against average and save percentage. was a little bit higher in the first year, obviously, which, hey, it's getting his feet wet as, as an NHL hockey player. You can totally understand that. But what I will say is this. That situation in Toronto with Samsonov not exactly being your, like, most stout number one goaltender in the league, and on top of that, his injury history, ooh, this wall could could end up uh. winning some people, some, some hockey pools here. We, we will see how it plays out. I mean, there's no way that right now you can't go to the kid. He's just, he's played as well. He's played that well. Like it's, it's not that you don't want to go back to Samsonov, but again, with the Leafs, like we're not, we're not pussyfooting around with the Leafs here. Like it's cup or bust, man. Like, you know, Matthews, I understand is signed again in the whole nine yards and I get it, but like, this is win now mode for this, these guys. Like yep. they, they're not playing around here. So if that goaltender is giving you what you need, you're going to stay with them regardless Cut of him, whether sure. quote unquote Samson off, you know, follow the money, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So all that to say here is another great streaming option. Again, this could be a little bit of a half C too. someone may be jumping on this guy and hanging on to him and so on and so forth. But if he's kind of in and out of that free agent market again, this is definitely that type of goalie that you might want to be jumping on, uh, depending on your situation, injuries, or just flat out you don't have as good a goalie as as he as he is right now. Uh, just jump all over him and, and get him in your lineup. He's certainly giving. He's certainly going to be a um, a, a good source of wins for sure, especially if you can kind of keep this. I'll call it one A uh, uh, net minding for the Leafs there. So uh, Joseph Wall, you are my third beauty of the week. My beast this week. Now, I'll preface this by saying the easy, low-hanging fruit could have been Dawson Mercer. Zero points. Yeah. Zero zero anything in eight games. (laughs) Really hurt me. I thought I had a nice little gem there, and I still Uh, might. You still do. But right right now, we'll we'll hold that, and we'll, we'll stash him for now. Stash him, yeah. But I went with Jonathan Huberto. Now, listen. I'm not saying that this cannot turn around, Mike. I'm not like, and as a matter of fact, I would have to think that at some point it does because he's just too talented a player. That said, we're eight games in here. We're getting close to a 10 game mark. He really hasn't made any noise. Two goals, two assists for four points in eight games. What's got me a little bit more concerned is a minus nine and even more so is his time on ice. And I get different organizations kind of do it a little bit different. Some of them are really heavy with that first line. 
But I think with this player, you need to be pushing that 19, 19 and a half minutes yeah. a game for this guy. And he's at 1709 time on ice this year. He did not even eclipse the 17 minute mark last year. So listen, this guy signed for eight years at $84 million. Okay. You can, you can slice dice however you want. You got to get him going. <laughs> End of story. So for me, I'm kind of going right back up to what we first talked about in this episode. Rick Tockett putting a guy like Miller is his best offensive players on the P. You know what? Play this mother. Yeah. Play him. Yeah. Put him on the PK. He's already on the power play. He's yeah. on the first line. He's not doing yeah. anything with it, but he's on the first line. Yeah. Like, get this guy 19, 19 and a half minutes a night. And, and like, Marty, if for, if for nothing else, you, you got to get value out of your contract. Well, that's the I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want to see a guy that I'm paying $84 million to over the next eight years at under 17 minutes a night. We're talking about a guy that two years ago scored 115 points. 30 goals and 85 assists like that guy can pass the puck so you, you have to get this guy going one way or the other period like i, I mean, could I, I got honestly i for at the very least just to put the argument away that like because right now you can suggest that he's not being given enough opportunity with his 17 minutes of ice time listen he's playing 1702 that's less than a minute more than Andrew Maggiapani, that's it's a it is about a minute and a half more than Blake Coleman. What the fuck? And to me, this is why going out and getting Huska was a stupid fucking idea. You lateraled, you took a step to the right. That's all you did. You didn't do anything different. Huska was part of that issue last year with yeah, Sutter. I'm not a fan. Nothing has changed. The team Sutter looks disciple. identical. It, it, that's all yeah. it is. The team looks identical. Yeah. Craig Conroy shit the fucking bed with this by going out and getting and signing Huska when there was what was his name? Was it Love? I think that was Mitch the one. Love. Mitch, Mitch. Everybody Love. wanted him. And yeah. I think why it, the I think fuck he went, not? I, I I was all over that guy. I mean, you know, your your goaltender of the future is Dustin Wolf. Yeah, he's been with he's been with that kid and has seen him play two MVP seasons down uh, uh, for the Calgary Wranglers of the what AHL the over the past two years. Um, you know, a, a guy like um, um, what's his name Phillips, he left the uh, uh, um, the Flames organization and is now with the Capitals organization. Undersized, pint-sized guy, but I think if I'm not mistaken, he was the top scorer or, or uh, really? one or two in in the league last year in the AHL. I, I just. I feel you missed an opportunity there where yeah. you've got an, a young guy full of piss and vinegar as a coach, yeah, bringing up some of these f f full of piss and vinegar players, and yeah. then you still have all of that leadership. Your Lynn Holmes. Oh, you yeah. Huberto there now. Uh, you're bringing in Kadri. Like, I'm sorry. This team should be so much harder to play against, it's not even funny. Yep. Like, um, like they, I feel like the Calgary Flames have lost their identity. Because, well, 100%. Absolutely. Because the, because the way that we saw the, the flame... Okay, if you want to attest it to Sutter last year, okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll punt that. But so far this year, they are out of sorts, Mark. Yep. Like, it's... like 
Well, I mean, to be fair, they look the same. They look. They don't look any better. They don't necessarily look worse. Markstrom's actually Markstrom's actually playing better. Better. Yeah. Everything else looks the same. It's the same bullshit. And again, I think it it goes into what you were saying. Jonathan Huber are playing 17 minutes a game. What the fuck is he doing playing 17 minutes a game? Like you're saying, Rick Talk has got his two main guys playing over 20 minutes a game. You got him on the penalty kill. That's what you do. You've got the big butts, bud. You're going to fucking earn it. At the very least, to eliminate it from an argument of discussion where we gave you the time, Huberto. We gave you the time to prove your value. Not, I'm going to sit you and your minutes are going to be close to fucking Blake Coleman. How are you only playing a minute and a half more than Blake Coleman? What the fuck is up with this coach? Sorry. It, 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 no, hey, listen, I, I had a nice rant myself last week. It was your turn, bud. It's <laughs> yeah, all good. You. It's all good. But, you know, just to finish off with the, the Huberto, I mean, it has to turn around, Marty. It, it, it does have to turn around. You've got way, way too much money and, and way too many years invested in this guy. Yeah, you, it, 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 it is on the coaching staff to figure that out now. Yeah. Like now you can start to put it on their plate a little bit. Yes. I mean, the Jonathan Huberto that we have seen over, I'll say the past, what, Marty, 15 months is an oh, okay. absolute shell. Yes. Is an absolute shell of the last year that he had in Florida. So I, I listen, I don't pretend to be this big X's and O's guy. I've never coached a hockey team. But I, what I can say is this, that coaching staff and that organization, okay, it is vital, vital for them to get this player going. I mean, he, he is your best offensive player. Yeah. He, and, and, and sh- or should be. Yeah. You have to, you just have to, you have to. That's it. Huberto, over. You're my beast. Marty, you're. I've, I've got so much more to say about that. Kadri's playing more. Tanev's playing more. Zadarov, Backlund, Lindholm, oh. Weger, Hannafin, Anderson, they're all playing more. This Marty rant Huberto. brought to you by THPN. <laughs> it's <laughs> bullshit. He's barely playing more than um, Solovoyov and Mangiapan and Blake Coleman, like I fucking said. No, dif- no disrespect, Blake Coleman. Anyways. All right. I went really heavy with the goalies this year. Want to know or this, this night? Want to know why? Because I got shit for goalies. Um, ironically though, I didn't pick any of my goalies. <laughs> well, because sorry, That's all right. I, That's all right. these, these are all beauties, right? And then the beasts, I didn't pick my goalies out of, but anyways, we're going to start it off. Carter Hart, four, two, four and two, two eighteen goals against nine twenty four save percentage and one shutout. He's got a four game week, Carolina, Buffalo, and then back at Buffalo and then come back home LA. So small sample size. Sure. Uh, victories against struggling teams. Okay. Hasn't faced that many shots. Yeah, I get it. But that doesn't mean that what this Carter Hart isn't worth relying on. At some point we all knew, or maybe we hoped that he'd figure it out. Uh, and in his sixth year at age 25, it, I see no reason why this can't be that year. The team in front of him has nothing to lose. Something Mike and I love to point out that when you have that, sometimes teams tend to enjoy the game a little bit more. So maybe that's all. That was, you know, maybe that was missing out of cart was just to sort of find a, a, re, a rejuvenation for the game. And now he's kind of maybe figured that out. So maybe that's all this was. So he's in a groove right now. If I were you, I would write it out because um, he looks good. And no one's expecting much from Philly, so why not? <laughs> uh, but again, those are great fucking numbers. 924 to, uh, and 218, one shutout. He looks good. The most important thing about that whole thing to me was age 25. 
Yeah, I remember. I I remember. I had this guy when he first came into the league six uh, years ago as as, as Philly starter. I have a twenty year old. Yeah. Um. Listen, guys. I, I'm <clears> telling you. Sometimes it's goldies, and a lot of times it's goldies. Uh, defensemen tend to take a little bit of time as well. I know your forwards. Yeah. You can get a nice flashy forward that does yeah. some damage in his first year. I get it. Yeah. But sometimes you got to, and it's not just patience in real life, but it's also patience in fantasy. Yeah. And now, granted, if you're in a win now mode, yeah, you just you get you know you get rid of all your prospects and so on and so forth. But this just goes to show you when a little with a little bit of patience, and and. You know that Tortorella's got that team like blocking shots left, right, and center too, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's Tortorella's always been kind of good for for a goalie too. So, um, but uh, listen, Carter Hart. I mean, get yeah, the job fuck, done. right. Mar- Marty's sure. Rife, Marty's Rife locked the numbers for you. They're they're phenomenal so far this year. Hopefully, he can keep it going. Like we say, yep. twenty five years old, you're really starting to mature into a, a you know the, the type of hockey player that you're going to be, and that could quite be what we're seeing right now with Carter Hart yep. is we're seeing him blossom into the goaltender that everyone expected him to be. That's right. Uh, next up, it's kind of a, a tandem. I do a couple of these. Uh, Logan Thompson, 4-0, 220 goals against, and 930 save percentage, and then one Mr. Aiden Hill, 4-0, 916, save percentage. They got a four-game week as well. Uh, Montreal, Winnipeg, Colorado, and then they ended at Anaheim. So undefeated, and it feels so good. Thompson has played one less game than Aiden Hill, which means absolutely nothing. I would fully expect this to continue to be a sharing situation. But even there, you should still dress either of these, Thompson or Hill, uh, in any given week as it appears to be a lock for wins. So I don't know who emerges as a clear number one or even if Cassidy wants that clear number one. But I honestly feel it's just going to be like this for the rest of the season because it's just it looks so good. It works so well with these two. So why would you, as a team, why would you break that up? So for, for me personally, you... Even if in the, well, yeah, that's the thing. A three-game week, that's where it gets difficult, right? But I still feel like in a three-game week, depending on what else you have on the bench, they're, they're, they're almost a lock to get you at least one W. So if you've got a goalie who you're like, ah, he's shaky, I'm not sure, well, then you might as well just get yourself a lock for a win. And there's no better right now than in Vegas. So give her. <laughs> I mean, with both goaltenders at 4-0, and oh, yeah, oh, that's <laughs> You're gonna get something out of both of these guys, and you know what? For for Las Vegas, I, I mean, we know that they, you know, you've got uh, uh, Robin Laners in waiting in the wings there too. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's coming back anytime soon, but he he is in the picture, right? There's something, yeah. For 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 them to have these two guys and be being able to share the net as well, because you know, in some cases it just doesn't work. You've got a guy that wants to be the guy, right? Yep. And it certainly seems like the tandem is going super well right now. Uh, Peripheral numbers are phenomenal. You just can't go wrong. I mean, one yeah. or the other, you, you put them in, and of course, the team in front of them is just is just it's great a fucking as lock, well. Man. So yeah. it is. It 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 is. I mean, pretty much these guys, and you said it already, Marty. I mean, they're they're a great source of wins right now. So yeah. just that alone. Uh, next up, a bit of a surprise, Jonathan Quick, 2-0, goals against, Whoa. and a 982 save percentage with one shutout. So they got a three-game oh. week uh, again, uh, in Winnipeg, and then uh, back home, Carolina, and then out in Minnesota. So I'm not necessarily suggesting anyone should go out and pick up Quick. He's not going to steal the show from Shesterkin, even though by Shesterkin standards, he has struggled out of the gate. I believe his state percentage is at 900, is it not? It just finally reached um. 900. Let me see. Okay, have a look at that. I'll keep talking. Um, However, should something happen to Shesterkin 
in the the way of injury or something else, maybe something personal, it will be a race to grab quick. So maybe you should go out there and take him and stash him and just so that you're ready. He's obviously enjoying playing in front of New York. Uh, it's a great squad over there. Um, he hasn't lost. Uh, I haven't seen his numbers look like this, I think, his entire career. Um, you know, again, small sample size. Um, but should something happen, I mean, this is a great source of wins. And he's like I said, he's obviously playing very, very well. So Shesterkin, you got numbers on him? Yeah, Shesterkin is struggling a little bit. I mean, the record's okay, four and two. Uh, goals against average, 2.69, which is relatively high for him. Yeah. Um, but w- but what's really out of whack is, like you mentioned, the save percentage. He is right on 900. Yeah, so and he that just is definitely got there. Not, that's no. not uh, Shesterkin numbers, but... Uh, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, Quick is definitely spelling any little hiccup right now. Uh, and yeah. New York's playing super well right now, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. uh, the, the team's playing well in front of them. Uh, yeah. And again, Quick, you got some Stanley Cup experience there. Yep. He can never, that can never, uh, never be. Uh, um, Can't count against can, that. Uh, that's that's invaluable yeah, yeah. kind of stuff, man. There, that's the word I'm looking for. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> Jonathan Quick. Nice. Oh, my beast. Mm hmm. <laughs> Another tandem. All right. I know. Phoenix Copley, three games played, one win, 496 goals against. That's nothing. 788 save percentage. What? Send send him to the A. Is this 1985? What is this? (laughs) And Cam Talbot, this is going to sound like such a huge boost. (laughs) Three and two. It's actually. (laughs) Yeah. This, this is not that's not that bad, Mario. Two seventy-two goals against and a nine oh five save percentage. Now it's a three game. Hey, he's week. above nine hundred. Nice. <laughs> yeah, at least that, yeah. <laughs> you gotta pull at something. Uh three game week, all of them away though, against Detroit, uh Toronto, Ottawa, and Philly. While Talbot's numbers aren't as hideous as Copley's, there's nothing to grab at there either. Uh, but the real disappointment obviously sits with Copley. Those numbers are atrocious and appears to be a repeat from last year. Uh, with a hint of my God, this is so much worse. <laughs> Uh, avoid the LA crease at all costs. This seems to this team is really just going to be an offensive-minded team, and that's that. Um, we said it at the beginning of the season. Probably the worst tandem in the league uh, in terms of goals, goalies. Um, you know, you could an argument could be made maybe for San Jose. Uh, at one point, I would have maybe even thrown Chicago in there, um, but no, this is the worst, especially for a team who's actually seriously in contention. Um, I don't know how you can take this team seriously. Uh, Cam Talbot's just going to have to do something that he's something that he has been bet something that other teams have bet on him to do before, like Edmonton bet on him, Toronto bet on him, and he wasn't able to deliver. It seems LA believes that for whatever reason, in at his age thirty five, he'll be able to do it now. <laughs> um, I don't think he will. And I so still, again. I st- I still don't understand why they didn't keep Corpusalo out there. I that, really don't. He played, I don't. Yeah. He played really well out there, and he liked I, it. I don't know. Maybe so there's something weird. I'm missing. Maybe it was money. I don't know what the situation Maybe, yeah. is. But Corpusalo was way better than either one of those two options. And 100. percent I mean, having having said all of that, maybe these types of numbers and this type of start <laughs> to the year from their goaltending maybe has them thinking that maybe we do need to go out and you know maybe they give Anaheim a call and bring in John Gibson or. You know, maybe they give uh, someone else a call to see who, who's available. But man, but oh man, much like last year, numbers out there. Much like last year, Mike and I are going to sit here scratching our heads because guess where they are in the conference? Fucking fourth. <laughs> it's just 
Like I just don't understand right like, now. What? I'll you know what? I'll what? lay for. I think I'll lay for us the past like twelve months. I've just been like, <laughs> what is going on? What? How does this like, happen? What? First, like, so I mean, LA's first in goals per game, four thirty-eight, but then twenty-sixth for goals against, eighteenth so like, on the power play, and then ninth on the penalty kill. What? How are you fucking like, fourth in the conference? How are I just you? Don't understand. How? Don't how understand. are they better than Dallas, Winnipeg, Nashville, Anaheim? Well, okay, Minnesota. Um, it doesn't. I don't. I don't get it. We're gonna. It's gonna be another year where Mike and I really crunch the numbers on LA and sit back and go, I don't fucking get it. <laughs> yeah, we're, I don't know. I, I get the feeling we're not going to have an answer for this, but no. we're going to we're certain, we're certainly going to Todd McLennan does fucking magic, I guess. Just not How about it, bud? How about it? <laughs> there you have it. Here it is. Episode 8 in the books, my friend. Scadaboosh. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.